I would say to set trip wires. So this was something that was talked about in the book Decisive by the Heath brothers, but it was something that I had already implemented earlier. And what that means is when you, when you make a big decision about how you're going to move forward, say in your business, set trip wires, set uh, reminders or checkpoints along the way. Are you ready to hear business stories and learn effective ways to build relationships, generate sales, and level up your business from awesome CEOs, entrepreneurs, and founders without listening to a long, long, long interview? If so, you've come to the right place. Gresh values your time and is ready to share with you the valuable info you're in search of. This is the I Am CEO Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. This is Gresh from the I Am CEO Podcast. I have a very special guest on the show today. I have Steve, Haf- Steve Hafner of stevehafner.com. Steve, it's awesome to have you on the show. Thanks. Great to be here with you, Gresh. Thanks for having me. No problem. Super excited to have you on. And before we jumped in, I want to read a little bit more about Steve so you can hear about all the awesome things that he's doing. And Steve had a 30-year career as an IT professional and executive for companies such as Mercer EDS and Humana. His area of expertise were performance, measurement, and quality assurance. And then in 2011, he chucked that career to launch his own business as a magician, as a, as a magician, mentalist, and professional speaker, as a decision performance specialist, Steve helps leaders and professionals understand and break through their cognitive illusions so that they can elevate their ability to achieve their goal and understand and live their value. Steve, are you ready to speak to the IMCO community? Absolutely. Awesome. Well, let's do it then. So to kind of kick everything off, I wanted to rewind the clock a little bit and hear a little bit more on how you got started, what I call your CEO story. Sure. Yeah. So I had a 30 year career in IT. I had a computer science degree and jumped in as a programmer and a systems analyst, systems engineer, various titles throughout my career. And I did like programming. Um, But, you know, my passions were really when I was younger, and I should say passions and talents, I was really into the creative side. I was into creative writing and performing. I was in all the all the plays in grade school and high school. I was into that side. But computer programming, that was a safe path to take. And, uh, and, and I have no regrets about going with that path. It, it served me well. I was very successful at it, you know, and made decent money doing it. Um, then, you know, it was uh, back in about 2010, I had developed magic as a hobby, mainly at first as a way to entertain my kids. I thought they would like it maybe as much as I did when I was young. And it turned out as I started getting into magic again, I thought, oh, I wonder if I could make this as a living. And I kind of looked at the the environment, the local market, and I saw that there were a couple of people that were doing it, but the market was far from saturated. And I thought, wow, could I could I do this? Could I ma- actually make a living as a magician? And of course, I had this voice in the back of my head pop up and say, what, are you crazy? We're in the middle of a recession. You've got a successful career. You've got a family to support, and you're wanting to go do magic tricks. You need to grow up. And this was a loud voice. <laughs> I call it the lizard brain voice. And, and so I was you know, I was like, well, you're right. You're right. And so I put it on the back burner, you know, for a while, but then the situation I I had, I had changed jobs. I'd gone from the tech side into management. And I was a, a, I was in a claims department of a insurance company as a business analyst. And, um, you know, I wasn't really loving it. It was, I had shifted so much from, from the tech side, which I had enjoyed. And then this company lost their contract. They had one contract Uh with the government and they lost it. They got outbid. And so we all thought we got to do something new. You know, how we got to update our resumes and find another job. Well, I had just done that a year prior. Didn't really feel like doing it again. And I was kind of burnt out. I didn't have enthusiasm for what I was doing. And back of my mind, I was still thinking, boy, I would love to have a shot 
and making that magic thing happen for me. So I was, uh, I'd, I'd driven to work one day. I was sitting in my car in the parking lot and I uh, wasn't getting out of my car because it's like, what am I going to do? I've got this tough decision to make. I really want to do this one thing, but I don't have the confidence to do it. I'm worried about it. You know, and that was a painful situation. Really, if you have any life decision to make that's going to have a big impact on you and other people and you're struggling with it, that can be very uncomfortable. So I was sitting there in my car and I heard the song come on the radio that I had never heard before. And I started listening to it. And it was so bizarre that it came up just at that moment when I was struggling with this decision. And in fact, I've never heard that song since on the radio. And uh, the, some of the lyrics said, there comes a time when you have to ask yourself, where am I going? What have I done? Are you taking the orders that you've been given? Or are you breaking the rules with your own decisions? Mm-hmm. Isn't it time you tried? Found out later, this was called Living the Life by Martin Sexton. And I heard it and I had this wave of, of knowledge, of relief, of kind of breaking through the uncertainty. And it actually, I had tears because, because of this overwhelming emotional feeling. And I'm not much of a crier, Gresh, but there it was. <laughs> and I knew, hey, this is what I need to do. So I went in, 10 minutes later, I'm standing in my boss's office telling him I'm quitting to become a magician. And that's what I did. And since then I have pivoted a bit and I am now a professional speaker. And I speak on decision performance, and but I use what I learned as a magician, the psychology of how our minds are fooled and the subconscious illusions we have. I use that to as, as the basis of teaching people how to make better decisions by overcoming those kind of illusions, which are cognitive biases, distortions, heuristics, which are shortcuts that we make at the subconscious level that can all take us off our path, move us away from our goals and keep us from living our values. So that's, that's basically, that's my path. And that's how I got to be where I am now as a business owner. Awesome. Well, I, I definitely appreciate you for sharing that. And I think so many times, you know, we have these, I guess, crossroad decisions that we we want to make. And so many times we have that voice, that intuition, maybe even that's saying, you know, go with the thing that may not be the popular path. And then we have a lot of times the safe path. And I'm a big believer in it's easier said than done a lot of times, but um, sometimes the worst pain is not in trying and failing or trying and things actually working out, but it's sometimes trying and, and, and never trying at all, I should say. And and that fear of regret is often the worst pain that you can have because that voice might get quieter, but it never fully goes away. So I appreciate you for you know talking about that, talking about a lot of those um, you know wrestling decisions that we have to make. But I, I love how you went through and just made that decision and how that has manifested itself into everything that you're doing. Because I've always heard that um, one of the big parts about you know magic and magicians is actually the, I guess, I don't know if it's tricks is the right word to say that it can play with your mind and understanding that aspect of it is a huge part to being like a really, really great magician. So I love how that translates. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all about from, from, from a magician standpoint, it's about being able to manipulate and control your attention and your expectations and your assumptions and your preferences. And that all goes into what makes the illusion an actual illusion look like magic. Um, But it's those same types of underlying things that go on in our mind as far as our attention and our assumptions and expectations that can lead us astray when it when you take it outside of a magic show and, and talk about how it affects us in our lives and our decision making. So um, so yeah, it's been really valuable. And you know what? I have failed many times in my business. I have, you know, it hasn't been a smooth ride. And I don't think any entrepreneurship, any any business journey is a smooth ride. You're going to fail, you know, but but you set yourself up so that you can make adjustments and pivot 
and respond to the failure, you know, in a way that'll move you towards your goals. Absolutely. And, and, you know, failure doesn't become a uh, true failure, at least I think, until you actually quit. And if you understand that, hey, this didn't work, but let me pivot to this or pivot to that, that provides those opportunities to still con con continue on. And, and so um, I know you mentioned, you know, pivoting in your business and, and talking more about the speaking and everything you're doing and how that um, overlaps into the, the magician and, and all of those um, aspects that you do. Could you take us through a little bit more of that and how you serve your clients and what you do to kind of support them? Sure. So I had, you know, I was, I was doing magic. I was doing magic shows mostly for kids. I mean, that's what, that was my favorite kind of magic to do. I did school shows and festivals and fairs and that kind of thing, but I wasn't getting to the income level that I, that I wanted to get. I was, I was making money, but I wanted to go to a higher level. So I got into corporate entertainment doing mentalism programs. And that's, that's a branch of magic that um, it deals with psychological illusions, mind reading and subliminal influence and that kind of thing. And, uh, but still I found out when I was doing corporate work that most events, most corporate events and association events don't have an entertainment budget. So that knocked out most of them right away as potential prospects, but they all have an education budget. Now they do want entertainment. Here's the interesting thing. They want entertainment. They just can't call it that. So they run to bring in speakers and keynote speakers and, you know, breakout sessions that are entertaining and engaging, but they have an educational element too, you know, so people have takeaways as well. And I'm like, ah, so, and I knew that I had this, this background, both in the corporate world and through magic, understanding the psychology of decision-making that I could build on and become a speaker. And then I could reach a wider audience and prospecting and lead generation would not be as difficult because people would be like, yeah, we hire keynote speakers. What do you got? So that's why, that's how I went in into speaking. And I coined the term decision performance. You know, that, that's a, that has been an ongoing process, but I love where I have it now with decision performance, because I think that, that people can kind of understand what it means just by hearing it. It's not a term that they've probably heard before. So it's fairly unique to myself. And they don't quite know what it is because of the uniqueness. So that, that um, incentivizes them to learn more, you know, so that's, that's, that's what I like about, um, about that branding message, I guess, of I help people with decision performance, which is the, your ability to have your decisions, achieve your goals and align with your values. Is, is absolutely huge. And so would you consider that to be what I call your secret sauce, the thing you feel kind of sets you apart and makes you unique? Is it that ability to translate that message from something we probably all enjoyed as kids into something that is really tangible for us to use as leaders and executives? Yeah, I, I think so. And I, and I think that speaks to my variety of backgrounds because, you know, there's a lot of magicians that, uh, you know, have, have never been in the corporate world. They've never, you know, been in that business environment. Um, so because I had that 30 year career prior to making this jump, I think it gives me kind of unique perspective, taking insights from both of those and what I have learned by researching, uh, reading about psychology, behavioral economics, uh, neuroscience, you know, and, and combining that all, I think is a per pretty unique combination of, I don't know, skills and perspectives and insights that I can bring to my programs. Awesome, awesome, awesome. So I wanted to uh, switch gears a little bit and I wanted to ask you for what I call a CEO hack. So this could be like an app, a book or a habit that you have, but what's something that makes you more effective and efficient? Yeah, I, I discovered the Heath brothers, Dan Heath and Chip Heath, and they are authors and a book of theirs that is a little lesser known because they're known from their book Switch and Made to Stick. Those are two of their more popular titles, but they had one called Decisive, which was just opened up so much to me as far as decision-making goes. 
Yeah, absolutely. And so uh, I want to ask you now for what I call a CEO nugget. So this could be a word of wisdom or piece of advice. It might be something you would tell a client or if you happen to a time machine, you might tell your younger business self. Yeah, I would say to set trip wires. So this was something that was talked about in the book Decisive by the Heath brothers, but it was something that I had already implemented earlier. And what that means is when you when you make a big decision about how you're going to move forward, say in your business, set tripwires, set uh, reminders or checkpoints along the way that you're going to say at this particular point in time, or this other particular milestone, I am going to take a look at, I'm going to sit down and reevaluate the decision, what has happened regarding that decision since then, do I need to make an adjustment? Do I need to reevaluate? For example, I had decided I was going to work in the trade show market doing doing entertainment for companies that were exhibiting at trade shows. And, uh, and, and that, that's, that's a big potential market. If you can get people to understand the value of having an entertainer in there that, uh, you know, that talks about your message. But, but anyway, I had decided I was going to go into that. I was going to reach into that market. And if to, after a year, I decided it was going to be June 30th of that year. If I had not made the inroads that I didn't and I, I, that I wanted to, and I set a specific monetary goal. And I said, if I haven't made this much revenue from trade shows, then I'm going to pivot into speaking. And, uh, and so I did. And, and when I got to that point, I had, I had made some money in trade shows, but I didn't reach the level that I had set for myself I said, okay, I am, I'm going to now go into my speaking business. You know, and that's what I did. I set that tripwire to reevaluate and, uh, you know, take a look, because if you don't set those tripwires ahead of time, you're going to forget. And you're just going to keep going. You may be going down the wrong path and not going towards the goals that you know that you set and that you want to achieve so i wanted to ask you now my absolute favorite question which is the definition of what it means to be a ceo and we're hoping to have different quote-unquote ceos on the show so what does being a ceo mean to you and you know you're talking about how to, how to spend your resources and, and and that's key and i think that is what being a ceo really means to me is focusing on your resources both your personal and your organizational resources and how are you going to allocate that those and be deliberate you know, make the decision. This is how I'm going to do it. You know, and that speaks to uh, productivity and, you know, re reaching your goals and living your values. And that's all based on how you allocate your resources. Awesome. Awesome. Steve, well, I truly appreciate that definition. I appreciate all the awesome work you do. And what I wanted to do is pass you the mic, so to speak, just to see if there's anything additional you can let our readers and listeners know. And of course, how best they can get all of you and find out about all the awesome things you're working on. Oh, absolutely. Yep. Yeah. Well, they can get a hold of me at my website, stevehafner.com. And that's S-T-E-V-E-H-A-F-F-N-E-R.com. And I have a small ebook out there that's available for free. It's called Seven Strategies for Making Great Decisions. So it's a, it's a quick read. It's like 25 pages and gives you some things to think about that you can improve if you want to improve your decision making. Also have a weekly, weekly newsletter and it's called Cognizance. And it's all about what basically what we talked about today, how to make better decisions, what's going on in our mind, what are some of the illusions and the biases and shortcuts that may be tripping us up, you know, in, in how we go about our thinking and, and decision making. And I know, I know people think, ah, newsletter, I don't want any more email. But if that email is valuable to you and useful, maybe you do want it, right? So, uh, so you can subscribe to that on my website as well. And, uh, you know, you can unsubscribe. I'm not going to spam you or anything like that if you sign up for the newsletter. So, and I'm doing, you know, lots, lots of speaking, the speaking industry, the speaking business is opening back up, you know, COVID completely shut it down, at least as far as in-person goes, but I'm doing lots of virtual speaking and, uh, and in-person ones, since people are 
are scheduling into the summer and the fall and, and next year. So, um, so yeah, if you're, you know, if for your organization, if you're looking for, you know, somebody to speak on, on decision performance, you can get a hold of me that way. Awesome. 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 Thank you so much, Steve. We will have the links and information in the show notes uh, to get a hold of you as well, too. But you're absolutely right. Uh, you're providing loads, amount of value, loads of amount of value um, into like everything that you're doing and the understanding of self and how our mind works, which I think is um, huge because it manifests itself into our decisions, the um, the things that we see in our lives, where we are, where we aren't, and just how we're able to kind of understand all those steps and how that works all in tandem. So truly appreciate you for the work you do. Of course, the time you took today, and I hope you have a great rest of the day. Thank you for listening to the I Am CEO podcast powered by CB Nation and Blue 16 Media. Tune in next time and visit us at imceo.co. I Am CEO is not just a phrase, it's a community. Don't forget to schedule your complimentary digital marketing consultation at blue16media.com. This has been the I Am CEO podcast with Gresham Harkless Jr. Thank you for listening.